0: Well, we have reached the end of our 50-day period of Easter. And the Easter season has culminated in today's feast, the Feast of Pentecost. And I don't know how many of you might or might not have been present uh, at the homily that I preached on Easter. But at that time I talked about the Old Testament roots of Of the Easter feast, otherwise known as the Pasch. And I spoke about what Jesus did for us at the Easter Passover. That He Himself underwent a certain Passover and He brought us along with Him through that Passover. A Passover from death to life. A Passover of deliverance and salvation. And so I focused a lot on what Jesus did for us. But today is Pentecost, and we're 50 days later. And just like Easter, just like the Pasch, Pentecost also is rooted in the Old Testament. The Old Testament Pasch commemorated the deliverance of of the children of Israel out of Egypt. Their salvation from the angel of death. Their crossing over the Red Sea and their salvation from the army of the Egyptians. But the Old Testament feast of Pentecost also commemorated uh, the next stage in their journey and that was Mount Sinai. It was a commemoration of the giving of the law. And So what we have here is God delivering the Israelites in the Passover, and then God asking something from the Israelites, giving them the Ten Commandments. If you want to be my people and you are my people, here are the conditions. These are what you need to do as people of the covenants, the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. And so also in the Christian dispensation, we have Easter, we have the Christian Pasch, And this is what Jesus has done for us. But now it's Pentecost, and we can think about what we do for Jesus. And what we do for Jesus is we witness to him. That's our job. Because he has saved us, we testify to that awesome salvation. We witness to that awesome salvation. And... This is what our Lord said before he ascended into heaven. He says, I want you to remain in Jerusalem and wait until Pentecost upon which or at which the power of the Holy Spirit will come down upon you and will enable you to be my witnesses to the end of the earth. And the grace of Pentecost is given to us sacramentally in the sacrament of confirmation. It is a grace that enables us to have courage to testify to Jesus Christ in a world that is not always welcoming of that message. And so, as we testify to Jesus, we're going to inevitably encounter opposition and conflict, and trial, and hardship. But the grace of confirmation, the grace of Pentecost, that we celebrate today, gives us the courage to do what Jesus is asking of us to do, even though it might be difficult, and even though we might have to face opposition. I, uh, I'm i reminded, uh, especially today, because today is the, and I'm not sure how many of you are aware of this, but it is the official beatification of Oscar Romero, who was the Archbishop of San Salvador in the country of El Salvador in Central America. And he was martyred uh, on March 24th, 1980, so about 35 years ago. And I want to Take a little bit of time to recall his story because I think that he sums up for us what it is to be a witness to Jesus, even in the midst of hardship and opposition. And the Holy Spirit gave him great courage to testify to Christ. El Salvador, to this day, from what I understand, I'm not an expert. Um You know, I have, there's a parishioner actually at St. Mary's who spent many, many years in El Salvador, and he and I were talking yesterday, and he, he he told me many, many things about El Salvador. So I'm not an expert, but from what I understand to this day, it's a very, very tense situation. It's a very divided country. You have the kind of old money and the property class. And back in 1980, 1977, when Oscar Romero was, was elected archbishop, uh, it was a very oppressive regime. And then on the other, and that was to the right, and then on the other hand, to the left, you had the communists, the Marxist rebels, and they were guerrilla fighters. And they were causing... Uh, Various human atrocities for their part. But the regime itself was extremely oppressive and committed countless acts of, uh, murder, torture, kidnapping, and it was a, a country that was just absolutely divided with unbelievable strife. And to this day, from what I understand, it's very, it's still a very tense situation there. I think it's quite a bit better, but it's still a very tense situation there and Oscar Romero sometimes is at this day i guess he's kind of used as a symbol for the communists when really that's that's a uh an illegitimate co-opting of his image uh in his day he was accused by the marxists of being a puppet for the 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 uh, dictator and for the regime and so he was caught in between these two sides And he was put in place because they thought that he was going to be kind of a, you know, keep the status quo, keep quiet and not criticize the government and just kind of stay put and be uh, a non-entity. And that's why he was elected. But he surprised everybody. Only just a few weeks into his election, a priest friend of his was brutally murdered for speaking out against the government. And he recalls later in his life, he looked at his the dead body of his friend, and he said, if this is what they did to him because of the good things that he was doing, because he was speaking the truth, I also must walk that path. And so from that point on, Bishop Romero steeled himself and prepared himself to become a murderer. And he lived only three years. But in those three years, he spoke out with great conviction He was a powerful witness for human rights, for justice, for truth. One of the first things he did uh, when he came into office is he took a single Sunday and he canceled all Masses throughout the entire Archdiocese. And he had only one Mass going on, and that was the Mass at the cathedral where he would be preaching. And so many devout Catholics, they came To the cathedral, but it aroused the curiosity of many people who hadn't been to Mass for many years. And so a huge number of people came. And at that Mass, he preached a homily that was about an hour long. And in fact, from that point on, he would continuously give homilies that were upwards of an hour to an hour and a half. And then they started being broadcast on the radio. Because the press was being censored and the media was not speaking about the atrocities that were taking place. And so Archbishop Romero became the voice of the poor, he became the voice of those who were murdered, of those who were being persecuted, and uh, he published all of the data of the atrocities in the uh, monthly diocesan newspaper. Uh, and he was a very holy man, and he was not a puppet of the left, and he was not a toady of the right. He was a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he spoke the truth, even though he received multiple death threats, and he had a very powerful premonition that he was going to die only just a few weeks before he was uh, murdered. And it was only uh, the day before his murder, he gave a homily calling upon the, the soldiers of El Salvador to live up to their Christian calling and not to obey the government to carry out these different atrocities that they were carrying out. So a very bold homily he gave and it was a day later he was saying a mass, a funeral mass. And after his homily he walked to the center of the altar and he was shot and he was killed. But Bishop Romero is for us an example of what it is to be a witness. You know, we have this image from our first reading, tongues of fire come down upon the apostles. Oscar Romero had a tongue of fire. And it was through the grace of confirmation, it was through the power of the Holy Spirit, that he had the courage to speak the truth. And that's what we are called to do, all of us. We as Christians are called to live a life of witness and testimony. Jesus in Easter has done something for us. We at Pentecost need to do something for him. And that is we need to testify to him by our life and also by our words. And if I can just put in a final plug here. Here is something very concrete that we as Catholics can do. Um, This summer we have a wonderful opportunity to put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, and to volunteer. There is a religious education program going on this summer. There's two sessions, and the first session is from July 6th to 17th. The second session is August 10th to 21st. And so these are two distinct sessions. They're about, uh, you know, a little bit more than a week apiece. And the sessions are in the mornings from 8 to noon. And we need catechists. St. Francis, St. Hyacinth, St. Mary's, and Sacred Heart are all four parishes that have been put together. We have a single religious ed program. Now, many of these children, they this is their only opportunity to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus died for us. We need to share him with others. Many of these children, this is going to be the, the, the first opportunity that they have. We're estimating two hundred and fifty children in the summer program. And uh I, I just highly encourage you to sign up. We we've been having a very difficult time finding catechists. It's been a little bit kind of disheartening. We need twenty five catechists. We have four right now. Um, uh, our director of a religious ed program he's he says to me he's he has personally called a hundred people And they've all said no, and so this is you know a little Catholic guilt here maybe, but you know I don't mean to 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 put guilt. I mean to say this is a great opportunity to try to bring life to the faith and to transmit it and to pass it on to the younger generation. And so if you know if yourself if you can do it, if you know others can do it, spread the word. We need catechists. You don't have to have a doctorate in, in uh, theology to do this. We have a great uh, curriculum. You can just read a few pages out of the chapter, and you just teach that chapter. Anybody can do it. These are just little kids. You don't have to get super deep into the faith. You just tell them the basics, and uh, you develop a wonderful relationship, and it's an awesome opportunity to witness to our Lord Jesus Christ, which is all made